please clap. Hello and thank you to all of those who did clap. Today we're going to be talking about the Redhead Murders, as I mentioned before. And I do have unfortunate news. We are wrapping up this podcasting 10-part series. I just figured I'd try out podcasting for a little while, do about 10 episodes, and this is number 7 of 10, so just fair warning, eventually, uh, on number 10, that will be my last episode. But we still have a couple of episodes before that, so we need to still do those. So let's get into the Redhead Murders. In April 1985, representatives from law enforcement agencies in Pennsylvania, Mississippi, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Tennessee met in Nashville to discuss the killings and disposal of a series of redheaded women along interstates. With victims numbering from 6 at the lowest to 11 at the highest, the victims have been found along interstates in the five states. The range of victims is wide because the causes of death and victim details are varied. The only thing that they have in common is the color of their hair. Of the seven definitively linked to each other, only a couple have been identified. Some were nude, others were fully clothed. They range in age from 9 to 40 years old. Two were skeletons. All were either strangled or suffocated. All had some sort of red hair, and investigators aren't even completely sure that they're all connected. Now, the deaths could be coincidences, but it could also be someone just killing women with red hair in the eastern United States. So, our first victim was discovered in February of 1983 in Littleton, Wetzel County, West Virginia. The second was found a short time later near Interstate 40 in Memphis. The list of definite victims spanned eight months in five states, starting with victims found September 16, 1984, and ending with someone found in Greenville, Tennessee. At the same time, authorities were baffled by the serial deaths and weren't even sure if the same person was responsible for them all. They include as many as 11 victims in the probe. They also excluded four red-headed women killed in the Fort Worth, Texas area, and another one from Ohio. Wetzel County, West Virginia victim. More than two years after the remains of an unidentified woman was found along Route 250 near Littleton, West Virginia, she was declared as a victim of the redhead murderer. However, some local police disagree. She was found mid-February 1983 by an elderly couple who believed the body was a mannequin lying face down in the snow, according to the Doe Network file on the victim. The area was often used to dump trash illegally. After subjecting possible witnesses to forensic hypnosis, one witness describes a stocky white male in his 40s as having been in the area near the time the remains were deposited. An autopsy revealed that she had only been dead a few days, but it failed to positively determine her cause of death, leading investigators to believe she was strangled. Investigators have been unsuccessful in identifying the victim. She was described as being 35 to 45 years old, standing around 5'6", and weighing about 135 pounds. Her only distinguishing features were a caesarean scar and a set of top dentures, according to the news report at the time. She had auburn hair. Lisa Jarvis Lisa Ann Jarvis, who is also known as Lisa Fuller Nichols, is the only identified possible victim of the redhead murderer. She was found September 16, 1984, on an entrance ramp on Interstate 40 near Shearville, Arkansas. Nashville police were familiar with Jarvis, who, quote, 
had the second longest prostitute record in Nashville and Davidson County. A Metro Nashville Vice Squad sergeant had told the Tennessean that in 1984. Her body, clad only in a sweater, was discovered by a hitchhiker about 20 miles west of Memphis. According to the press, the pimp, who was in a Florida jail, told police he last saw Jarvis getting into a tractor trailer on September 12, 1984, at a truck stop outside of Shearville. Authorities believe she was killed within 24 hours when she was last seen working the truck stop, according to a June 26, 1985 article in the Tennessean. She had strawberry blonde hair with blonde roots. Campbell County, Tennessee Victim The first of two possible victims found in Campbell County, Tennessee was found January 1, 1985 on the shoulder of I-75 near Jellicoe in East Tennessee. Investigators believe she had been dead for two or three days when she was discovered. The autopsy revealed that she had been strangled with a rope. She was described as being between 17 and 30 years old, standing between 5'1 and 5'4, and weighing around 110 pounds. She was wearing a tan velour top and men's blue jeans. Her distinguishing features were freckles, green eyes, and a partial denture for her two front teeth. She had several remarkable scars. A healed burn scar inside her left arm, scars on both knees, faint two-inch-long scar on her forehead near her hairline, and a scar on her right hand, according to the Doe Network file. She had curly red shoulder-length hair. This victim was identified in 2018 through fingerprints as Tina Marie McKinney Farmer. Her family reported her missing the day after Thanksgiving, 1985. Second Campbell County victim. Another possible victim was found just a few months later by a passerby off Big Wheel Gap Road near Jellicoe. A partial skeleton, 32 bones in all, was discovered in April 1985. Investigators believe she had been killed one to four years before the discovery. The youngest victim connected to the series of murders, she was between 9 to 15 years old at the time of her death. Because of the state of their remains, the cause of death was not determined, neither was her height, weight, or eye color. Her only distinguishing feature was several dental fillings, a pair of high-top hiking shoes, and some jewelry that was found near the body. Although little remained of the victim, facial reconstruction was completed. The killing and disposal of women along roadways brought representatives from law enforcement agencies in Pennsylvania, Mississippi, Kentucky, and Arkansas, and Tennessee together in April 1985. They gathered in Nashville to discuss the deaths of between 6 and 11 women at the hands of a serial killer called the Redhead Murderer. To some, the deaths seemed like they could be a coincidence, but to investigators, some clues tied the deaths together. The victims were white women, ranging in age from 20 to 40 years old. All were either hitchhikers or sex workers and were discovered close to major roadways. All were either strangled or suffocated, and the victims with hair had some sort of red hair. Only one, Lisa Jarvis, a.k.a. Lisa Nichols, has been identified. Now, the Cheatham County, Tennessee victim. There isn't much known about the woman found found March 31, 1985, along Interstate 24 in Cheatham County, because all that remained of her was her skull, a couple of bones, and some clothing. A tip from a passing motorist led police to I-24 West between mile markers 29 and 30, 
where they found a severed head, its facial features obliterated by exposure to elements and animals, according to a news report from the time. The travelers from Indiana stumbled upon the grim scene when their car had overheated, and they ventured into the wood line looking for water for their radiator. Instead, they found a skull still retaining some red hair. From the clues found at the scene, police determined she was a small white woman with red hair. A forensic autopsy performed by Dr. William Bass determined she was between 31 and 40 years old and stood around 5 feet tall. She had been dead between 2 and 5 months, and her teeth were intact so they could be used for identification. Her clothes were described as a light pink shirt, pink sweater with small blue spots, pants, and a hat with a palm tree design. Knox County, Kentucky Victim A young white red-headed woman was found nearly nude in an old refrigerator at a landfill on April 1, 1985 in Gray, Kentucky, about four miles east of Corbin, Kentucky. Two men searching for scrap metal stumbled upon a refrigerator. When they opened the door, they found this lady, Knox County, Kentucky Coroner Walter Hopper Jr. said in an article from the Advocate Messenger in Danville, Kentucky. The autopsy showed she had likely died of suffocation, but had only been dead a few hours when she was discovered. She had no outward signs of assault. Investigators believe she was placed in the refrigerator after death because there were no, quote, scratch marks on the inner walls of the refrigerator showing she had tried to get out. She was last seen alive around 2 a.m. April 1st at a truck stop in Corbin on I-75, according to the Louisville Courier-Journal. Witnesses told police she was hitchhiking to North Carolina. Within a few weeks, she had been added to the redhead murders list. When discovered, she was only wearing a pair of socks and two gold chains, one with a gold eagle and one with a gold heart. She also had a round birthmark above her left ankle. The victim, who has not been identified, was described as between 25 and 30 years old, around 5 feet tall, weighing around 120 pounds. She had reddish-brown hair. The Greenville, Tennessee victim, which Elizabeth Lamott. The last definitive victim was found by a fisherman on April 14, 1985, near an exit ramp on Interstate 81, about 15 miles east of Greenville, Tennessee. When found, the body was nude and badly decomposed, but a preliminary autopsy found that she had been stabbed, but a blow to her head had caused her death. She had been dead about three weeks. She was a white woman between 14 and 20 years old, standing 5'4 to 5'6, weighing around 130 pounds. She had strawberry blonde hair. In a 2008 interview with the Greenville Sun, Captain John Huffin, who was the first officer out on the scene, recalled a man and his son found the body when taking a shortcut to a pond. Huffin said there was absolutely no physical evidence at the scene. With a lack of clues, investigators quickly exhausted leads and no one came forward to identify the body. I'm really surprised that no one ever came forward, Huffin said in the interview. Over the years, the TBI has followed more than 300 leads, but more than 30 years later, she was finally identified as 17-year-old Elizabeth Lamont. A young woman who wasn't the young woman wasn't reported missing until January 2017 when investigators looked into another serial killer. Terry Peter Rasmussen. It is believed Rasmussen killed a woman and three children in the late 1970s and early 1980s and disposed of their bodies in barrels in New Hampshire while living under the alias Bob Evans.
He died in prison in 2010 after being convicted of killing his girlfriend. An anonymous tip in New Hampshire reportedly claimed that Lamont was the woman in the barrel. She had escaped a youth development center in Manchester, New Hampshire in 1984 and never returned. New Hampshire investigators confirmed Lamont was missing and entered DNA samples from her two brothers into NCIC, which led to her identification in Tennessee. It has long been suspected that a long-haul truck driver is responsible for the killings. According to the FBI, serial killing truckers, that's a thing, have killed more than 500 women. After the arrest of Bruce Mendenhall, the agency announced the formation of the Highway Serial Killings Initiative, or the HSKI. In the announcements of the initiative, the FBI said these cases are particularly hard to solve because of the victims and the perpetrators. The victims live high-risk, transient lifestyles, often involving substance abuse and sex work. They're frequently picked up at truck stops or service stations, murdered, and their bodies dumped along the roadside. The perpetrators are mobile by nature and often dispose of their victims miles away from the abduction in a different jurisdiction or even a different state, leaving few witnesses and little evidence behind. Over the years, the investigators have questioned several truckers, like in March 1985, when they thought they had called a break. Linda Shack, who had red hair, was found on the side of I-40 outside of Knoxville. She told police a truck driver named Jerry Leon Johns of Cleveland, Tennessee, had attempted to strangle her with her shirt before he tossed her on the side of the road, presuming her dead. Shaq miraculously survived, and her statement led to the arrest of Jerry Johns on, multiple, on numerous charges, including aggravated kidnapping and assault. He was convicted on those charges in 1987. Police questioned John in relation to other unsolved murders to which he showed a keen interest in serial killers, or ruled him out because of solid alibis like being in jail. In 2018, the TBI announced DNA evidence conclusively connected Johns to the death of Tina Farmer. In November 2016, TBI Special Agent Brandon Elkins, who has been investigating the case for more than a decade, resubmitted Farmer's clothing, along with the blanket that was wrapped around her body, to the TBI crime lab for testing. When the items were analyzed, semen was detected, and its DNA profile was then entered into the combined DNA index system, CODIS, resulting in a match. Johns died in jail in 2015. While I'm extremely disappointed that this case has not ended in the prosecution of Jerry Johns, I am pleased that this investigation has answered questions for Miss Farmer's family that heretofore has gone unanswered for over 34 years, said District Attorney Gerald Jared Effler. Oops, sorry. Said District Attorney General Jared Effler. Then in 1986, Thomas Lee Elkins from Pennsylvania was detained and questioned in relation to the murders. Elkins, a long-hauler truck, a long-haul trucker, was arrested in Dyer County, about 80 miles north of Memphis, after a 20-year-old red-headed woman told police she escaped his truck. He reportedly kidnapped her in Indiana or Illinois. He was charged with kidnapping and rape, but was soon ruled out as a suspect in the redhead murders. I hope you enjoyed the redhead murders, an unsolved serial killer case, possibly serial killer. And I hope to see you next week on our episode about Jimmy Hoffa. Thank you.